Twitch Mania Playcast. Welcome to episode 36 of the Switch Mania Playcast. The Playcast about our favorite body part. What part is that, Barry? The arms, duh. Oh, the arms, oh, okay. <laughs> oh, come on. Man, whew, right over his head. What a way to start. Completely over that. <laughs> or was it? Done. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, this is another episode without our, our, um, friendly neighborhood, JP. <laughs> yes, he, uh, couldn't make it tonight. Nope, couldn't make it, had some family stuff come up, um, which, ironically, is also like, oh, I didn't get to play as much arms as I wanted to. <laughs> I was like, crazy man, crazy man. <laughs> um, so let's do a little bit of housekeeping. Um, so, so first of all, Switch Collectors for sale as always, um, PaganDelly.com. It's for sale, and the book is now in editing, so it's with the editor, and as soon as that is done, I will make the changes as necessary, and it'll be off to pre-publication. So, it's looking good, um, to get it by the spring, which will be awesome. Um, as always, leave us a rating on Apple Podcasts if you can. We always appreciate it, and it helps drive us up in the search rankings, which means more people will be able to find us, which is always great. Um, so, Barry, did you see any feedback from last week's episode? Uh, I didn't actually see any feedback from, uh, from the episode. Did you? Oh, I saw a ton of feedback from the episode. It was ridiculous. But now I have to find it. Um, let's see here, because there was like... Well, I did see one post, actually, now that you mention it. Yeah, there was a ton on Facebook, but the problem is, is that when I see the post, they kind of, like, disappear after a while, if you know what I mean. Like, JP is always good about, like, pulling that stuff up on a limb. He's like, oh, yeah, go ahead and read this, this, and this. And so, what I have here is, um... The one that I have that's the most relevant was on the JP Switch Mania post about it. And it was from John Falkovitz. And he said, I heard the podcast and you, you had trouble on the last few levels of California. I know you want to be a completionist and not to move on until you have your super trophies on all tracks. But a good tip is to move on to the next location. This is in Horizon Chase Turbo, by the way. Move on to the next location and do the upgrade race. You only need to place third or better, and you can do minor upgrades to your car, which will really help you get that first place in the previous location. Uh, and it's a great playcast, and keep your phone charged, JP. <laughs> so. Yes, I, I do remember seeing that one. That was the one I was referring to. Yeah, so... That was awesome, and we definitely appreciate the um, the feedback because that would have greatly helped myself if I would have done more <laughs> upgrade races. I tell you, um, I, I guess maybe when I was doing that summer series, they may have like I don't know if the cars were maybe upgraded because they gave you access to like a lot of cars that I didn't have unlocked. So yeah, I didn't touch that. So maybe there was some uh, some bonus to doing that, some advantage giving cars early and stuff. Yeah, exactly. Because there's a lot of cars, like, just scrolling through, and I was like, oh, man, I'm not going to unlock all these. <laughs> no, and that's where, like, I kind of just have fun with the the games for the playcast, and I don't try to, like, beat every nuance, um, because that's, like, a, a never-ending 
quest, right? In that game particularly, there's some games that, like New Super Lucky Tail, you know, it's easy enough to do, but this is definitely one of those where you're not going to beat it in a weekend unless you do nothing else. And to me, it's more fun to play in, like, short stints, like Bedside, as you're every night, and you unlock a little bit at a time. That's super fun. Um, So, something interesting happened. I sent um, Barry a picture yesterday. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> My yes. daughter sat on her Pokemon Limited Edition Switch Lite. And I was like, oh my god. And like the, the corner of the screen is is um, chipped. And there's a like a, a crack all the way in the middle of the screen. I was like, what the heck happened? And I think she just like put... It was on the couch or something. She just sat on it. And I was like, man, this is bad. But fortunately... I had a screen protector on my Switch Lite. Um, so it actually cracked the screen protector and not the screen underneath. I thought it cracked the screen underneath. Um, so when I took it off, the screen you know, protector cracked and everything as I was peeling it off, but it was like flawless. And then I used, um, I have an extra screen protector in my garage and I you know, cleaned the, cleaned the screen again, which I put on the screen protector as soon as I opened the Switch Lite. So there was no you know, scuffs or anything on it. So luckily, back to phase one. My daughter's very nervous now about uh, <laughs> not... It's, not a, it's a good reminder and a cautionary tale about if you have any type of portable device with a screen that is going to be exposed, uh, protect it. Just mm-hmm. pay the little extra to put a screen protector on, you know, cell phones included, the 3DS, the, the Vita, the, obviously the Switch. Uh, it's just... It saves you a lot of money and time and hassle in the end. And so the one that I had, because this wasn't just like a piece of plastic that goes over it or a, a thing. It was it was the one by Evo Retro, um, and that's the company that we're going to do a Switch Mini Playcast, you know, partnership giveaway with um, in the future because they've uh, sent us some awesome stuff to give away to listeners, and they sent me a couple screen protectors for the Switch Lite. Uh, good commercial for them right here oh 100% (laughs) right like it's awesome and I like their product saved my screen on my switch like 100% if that wasn't on there who knows it might just crack the actual screen so like I recommend that everybody you know takes care with any kind of portable screen because my goodness that would have been a nightmare absolutely I just imagine like sending it to Nintendo and like they'll fix it and then they send me a new one with all my stuff wiped or like and whatever's not in the cloud I'm kind of SOL on and like oh just thank you Evil Retro it's <laughs> <laughs> a good one right there um so that was super crazy um and we said every other week we'll do my Dragon Quest update so we won't do that this week um okay Obviously, we stopped the um, Ring Fit Adventure <laughs> that we were on. <laughs> I am still doing my crazy workouts, though, with like the Taji 100 stuff, so that's not stopped at all. Um, it's been crazy. I've been sore a lot, but <laughs> but that's been fun, and I have played quite a bit. Um, so let's move on to the, uh, unless you got anything for news, let's move on to the game. Um, the only the only interesting piece of news that I saw um, mm-hmm. is that the uh, Nintendo PlayStation has gone up for sale on Heritage auction, Auctions yesterday. Yes, it, uh, it did. This went up. So I, I think this is – it's an interesting uh, situation because you're dealing with something one of a kind, um, something that's been documented. So 
if it went to a private collector and disappeared, um, we already have all the information about it that we need. So it wouldn't be a terrible loss in that regards. But from what I understand, they put up a, like a 1.2 or 1.3 million dollar offer, and they turned it down. Someone, someone did, and uh, up, to, up to two million is what I've heard up now. To, even up to is, two million, which is crazy. And and the big speculation is how high is this actually going to go? And the last time I checked, it was sitting at thirty three thousand. Hmm. I am checking it now, and it is sitting at. Uh, this is an article about it. One Where's, like I can't even search it, which is interesting. Really? Yeah, like I'm searching for it right now, so it's at there Heritage it Auction. I got it. I got it. Nope, the same same um, article. What two hundred and five thousand dollars right now is the current. Right. Bid. Wow. So it it significantly mm-hmm. went up. Yeah. So I know some people who didn't think it was going to even go for a hundred thousand, and they're completely wrong. Um, at this point. And so the thing is, is that. I assume that with Heritage Auctions, um, well, it was at 31000 when I checked this morning. Like, it was thirty five when you checked. But I assume that just like an eBay, they probably have a, um, a threshold it has to hit for them to actually sell the item. Oh, yeah. Oh, there's most likely going to be a reserve. And they might even put uh, a reserve up, you know, at the very, very end. Um, it's it's interesting this goes, that they don't have a reserve listed, though. Right. Um, there is a status that says reserve, if any, will post on 2-27-2020 at 7 p.m. Central Time. So that means between now and 27th of, of this month, if if there – I don't know if that means there there is a reserve and we'll find out what it is afterwards or they have until that point to put up a reserve. Yeah, I don't know exactly, and I don't want to say one way or another. But you know, you know, my other question is: is how many of these bids right now are serious, <laughs> and how many are like, "Hey, I just want to bid on it to be part of history." You know, I was actually talking to my wife about that earlier, and, and we agreed that that's probably what a lot of people are doing. And we, I discussed with her. I said, you know, how much, how much would you be? What's what's the threshold for you? not being mad at me if I wound up winning this. And we were talking and it was it was low. I mean it was, you know, probably around a hundred grand. Um mm-hmm. she would be okay if I did get it for a hundred grand, which obviously um it's over double that now at two hundred and ten thousand. So there goes my dreams. Um but I'm, I'm just saying right now <laughs> it's at the price of a house. <clears throat> yeah. Right now it is honestly at a price of a house. So think yeah. about this. A price of it a single is- family house right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you have to think about it this way. It's it's to this hobby, it is definitely a holy grail. It is a one of a kind. It, you know, it's and it's the same kind of deal with like if you were an art collector and you wanted like an original Van Gogh, yep. you're gonna pay for it yep. and you're gonna display it and it's gonna be a conversation piece and that's it. But you're if you're serious about the hobby and that's absolutely what you like to do, then you're gonna buy it and show it off and and it's a status symbol and that's really what this mm-hmm. is. This is a status symbol, yeah. especially when you're dealing with the value, even it's currently at, even if it doesn't get any other bids and it sells at two hundred and ten thousand, that is absolutely a status symbol. Mm-hmm. And and who knows? I mean, with with so many days left, um, absolutely. Does it? And the auction ends in twenty one days. So you're talking three weeks. In three weeks, and it just went on sale yesterday. So in in one day, it went up two hundred thousand. Who knows what's going to happen in three weeks' time? See, like if it was me, and here's the thing. Here's the irony: is like you wouldn't even have to own it to do this. But if it was me, I would like want to 
scan or mold all of the pieces and then create some kind of way for people to own their own version as a reproduction, not Nintendo, obviously, um, as a, you know, some kind of way to recoup money. But why I say that anybody could do that is because they've already scanned all this stuff yeah. for posterity. So, so anybody could do that. Like a Chinese company right now probably has it somewhere and they probably could make their own. Yeah, but the question is then, what would be what would be the value on such a thing? Because it's one thing to own the legit thing. Mm-hmm. This is that this piece that's being up for sale is actually a part of history. It is the mm-hmm. birth of the PlayStation and it is the possible downfall of Nintendo in the nineties. And it's certainly one of those things where it is it is just something of importance. Yeah. If you just had a Chinese knockoff for the sake of, hey, this is my Chinese knockoff, what it looks like, yeah. even if it was hollow, it didn't play, it was just like a mold, um, that's cool. Uh, it's nice if you want to put it on display, but it's it's like... Well, I'm saying like a- if you had a <laughs> copy of the Super Nintendo PlayStation, I mean, and it cost you like 40 bucks, <laughs> like, and then you sold 100 of those... You know, there's four thousand dollars. Like, I'm not saying there's not a market for it. I'm just saying. I'm, I'm just saying, what like, would be the own, point of owning it. <laughs> um, the point of owning anything—that's a trinket, honestly. Yeah, but th- there's trinkets that actually have some historical value, and and a, a cheap mock of it. I mean, I, I get it. And when some people have little models of the Titanic and stuff, but even that—that's definitely um, that's something unique. That's something that that's more visual appeal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just don't think there's that big of a market for for mock. I don't know how and, big of a market and, it would be, but I'm saying like a way to a way to recoup the cost. It's the same mentality of somebody buying a prototype of a game and then doing a Kickstarter on Socks the Cat, Rocks the World. And then you can play that. You don't have the historical Socks the Cat when you're buying that, no. but you have a reproduction copy that you can play. But so if another- you had a reproduction Super Nintendo that has you know that that can play the Super Nintendo CD stuff, and you reproduce all the CD parts and actually get it to work. <laughs> like, then you have a problem of you know figuring out what's legit and what's not, which is a problem that we're already seeing in other collectible markets. Like uh, you know, just like the DS, the GBA. You know, it's very hard to tell. Oh, is this a legit copy? Uh, we were just talking mm-hmm. earlier about you know some games where you have you have to want check to make sure they're they're legit because you bought yep. them online. And yeah, if you have sure. someone doing this, naturally, there's only one of these, so it's a little bit easier. But it's still shady, and there's somebody who's going to buy this for 40 bucks, let's say, and they're going to tell somebody, hey, dude, I have the legit thing. Mm-hmm. Somebody's not going to know and be like, look, I got it. I need money quick, 200 bucks." And they'll be like, holy crap, 200 bucks? That's a steal. That thing was you know, supposed to be like millions of dollars, and you're going to find some sucker who's going to buy it. They're going to get ripped off. <laughs> and, and it just – I don't know. That doesn't sit well with me personally. So it's people recouping their costs on prototype games, and somebody thinks no, that's they have a different. Legit, it's the exact same thing because it would be marked. Well, because like I'm well, just yeah, saying, if it's I'm just marked. saying you're 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 assuming that somebody could do a one for one reproduction of that. No, you couldn't do that. If it's marked, absolutely. Of course, but, it would I mean, have to be. I'm, but no, but you say you're, of course you're it going, has to be. You're going down a, a rabbit hole of <laughs> you say of course. I've seen plenty of reproductions without labels that say reproduction. Hmm. Yeah, there's plenty of them out there, and of that's the problem. Yeah, that's but you're talking retro reproductions, and I mean they've learned in in China how to make reproductions of all carts now, even the ones that were 
thought to be un you know get like that couldn't be reproduced like some of the homebrew stuff is being reproduced now and sold on like aliexpress so they, like, they come free with the uh, coronavirus as well when it's you order true them. but anyways this is a switch <laughs> podcast and not a barry doesn't like reproductions podcast <laughs> <laughs> we're talking about nintendo here yeah we're talking about the super nintendo prototype but i'm just saying though that if i would spend two hundred thousand dollars I, and not even a million dollars, I would try to find a way to recoup my costs. Um, that could be like Terry and doing tour in the world. <laughs> like, I don't know. Um, Charge for selfies with it. I don't think he made any money touring the world. I think he literally just got to enjoy, you know, going around to conventions. But, like, if I if I didn't have a way to recoup some costs, there's no way I could justify a purchase like that, even as a status piece. But Yeah, not that high. No. No. And that's the thing. Like, away from Barry's soapbox of, I don't like reproductions. Um, that wasn't the intent. The intent is that, you know, recouping your costs, it would be something that would have to happen. Um, otherwise, I mean, you're sitting on a house mortgage. And God forbid something happens to it. Oh, it's yeah. Someone's, so your daughter sits on it. Boom. Doesn't house, have a screen protector. House fire. Imagine who's going to insure a retro video game collectible. It's hard to get people to insure like comic books and baseball cards that are like trackable. Um, and that's kind of where Heritage Auctions is coming in, where they're actually justifying things like that. But it's an interesting thing when you talk to those that don't know that community when they're doing insurance companies and things. I heard insurance companies are more or less starting to recognize video games as a hobby and as a valuable hobby and are starting to insure properly as long as you have proper documentation, not just here's a list of my games, but photos and proof and video and like we really have this in the house kind of deal. I just find it very hard for any company to insure a $2 million item. Well, in this case, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. Yeah, this is something that even if you had it, you'd either donate it to a museum for the time being where you know you can enjoy it that way or you're going to put it in a bank vault and you're not really going to be able to enjoy it. You'll be like, hey, I have it, but you can't see it. <laughs> it's the same thing with that um, Super Mario Brothers that they spent $100,000 on or whatever. Um, oh, that was a whole inside job. Sticker, I don't even want to get into that. Seal. The sticker seal. <laughs> that, that, that's a whole new rabbit hole to get down. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is definitely a rabbit hole. And if listeners, if you want to hear more on that, we can... Um, Definitely leave it for the end of an episode in the future, and we can go to town. Um, <laughs> let's go to ARMS. <laughs> yeah, let's go to ARMS. So the game of the week is ARMS. Uh, Barry and I talked about this a few, maybe a month ago, that we just wanted to revisit it just to see how it's held up over the years. Um Ironically, so, this was an episode planned before JP was coming back, and he's missing this episode. Of course he is. Okay, JP, as my daughter would say. Okay, JP. <laughs> um, so, ARMS is a fighting game, um, basically third person, uh, developed and published by Nintendo for the Switch in June of 2017. So, it's a year <clears throat> one release. Um, it differentiates itself from standard fighting games with an unconventional fighting system where every playable character fights with long-range attacks and up to four players can choose a fighter in battle using a variety of extendable, customizable arms to knock out opponents in a three-dimensional arena. Um, it sold over two million copies worldwide, making it one of the best-selling games on the Switch. 
and there are tons and tons of modes for the game. Um, that being said, um, I played quite a bit where I just mentioned it to my daughter because we used to play it like in 2017. And she was like, oh, yeah, let's play. So so we played together, um, mostly team mode versus the computer. So, like, two on two. Yeah. And it was super fun playing through. Um, we had the difficulty in the middle, and we were able to win every once in a while. My daughter's better than I am at it, for sure. <laughs> um, I couldn't even figure out these superpower moves for a while. I was like, oh, it's LNR. Like, that's how, like, lost I was for a while, the rush attack. Um, I, I had a pause and look in the controls again to refresh my memory yeah and every time i pause she would give me crap so it's pretty pretty funny um there was a couple new characters released since um since we played uh there's like a robot version of spring man basically spring bot or something something that they called him is pretty funny and there's some doctor that my daughter played as the whole time um there's more than i remember Oh, releasing. F- for sure. I-, I remember when they released... There was another Mayan guy or something like that that was there, yeah. too, that I don't remember. But, I, don't remember. I just remember the clown, and that was it. <laughs> yeah, I remember when the clown was released, and I remember when they released the pro-wrestling-looking guy. Um, Dr. Coyle would be the um, the new one. Um, that was the new one, Dr. Coyle. Um, so, interestingly, um, we went online... There are some, like, pros on there. My daughter called them the the gods of arms. Because <laughs> you go on there and they just destroy you. Like, we didn't have a chance. It was ridiculous. I, it was to the point where we were playing certain modes and we're like, we're just going to try to get in, like, damage. Or um, you can play volleyball in arms. And we're like, we're going to score one point. <laughs> like, that was our goal. And we were able to uh, score one point. But they still destroyed us, like, four to one or five to one. Um, the funniest one was, is we were playing uh, versus each other basketball. And you literally have to slam your opponent through the basketball hoop. Mm-hmm. And she was like, I couldn't figure it out. I couldn't land anything on my daughter. Like, she just destroyed me. And she um, slammed me into the hoop multiple times and was, like, laughing and having a good time. And I was like, ah, <laughs> oh my God. And the thing was, is I wasn't letting her win. She was just beating the crap out of me in the game. <laughs> like, I am not good at arms, but it was fun. Um, I just, I don't understand the whole um, melee. And I just literally just go into grabbing them. So if you, like, tap the left and right punches at the same time to grab them and that's like all i could figure out to do that would do maximum attack but like every time i would punch i would miss because i don't understand the trajectory of the arms because like when you punch they kind of like swing and arc based on how your movements are so like i have to play a lot more until i understand and so it was perfect to play with my daughter because she could destroy me (laughs) (laughs) so how far did you do barry (laughs) Uh, well, I originally played during the Global Test Punch, if you remember that, back I in do. 2017. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I played through the Grand Prix a couple times back in 2017 when it came out. And this time I went back and saw the new characters. I was completely shocked. Uh, there's a new badge system that wasn't part of the game. And uh, I went through and I did, did the Grand Prix again uh, using um, the, uh, the final boss. Because when I remember when I originally played it, he would kick my ass. And I was like, you know what? Now I'm actually going to play as him. <laughs> you know, like, uh-huh. <clears throat> it was always weird. When, I, I never like fighting games that have a final boss or something f- that you can't play as. You can't even unlock. And I'm like, you, you have all 
the information about this character. It's essentially a character that's locked. And, you know, obviously, like, Street Fighter 2, when I played that originally, I was always mad. Like, why can't we play the other four? They're, they're clearly characters. So I was happy to see him there, so I was able to play that. And the story was actually kind of funny playing as the boss going through because the commentator is all like, oh, you're on this grand tour helping out all these others. That's the story. You're the champion and you're helping out all these other uh, arms players. And then when you get to the final boss, which is yourself, he's like, oh, you were an imposter this whole time. You know, to the other, he tells the computer <laughs> to kick your butt. And then when you win, he's like, oh, I knew it was you the whole time. Absolutely. I knew you were the real one. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> of course, you turncoat. Uh, so I thought that was interesting that they you know, because some games, you could have the same characters fighting each other, and there's no story explanation for it. Mm-hmm. On this, at least, they, they had some tongue-in-cheek humor about it, which I liked. I liked them, them at least acknowledging two characters are the same fighting each other. Um, but I did some of the... There's the mode to, like, get arms, to get more arms. You have to, like, punch targets and punch crates and try to hit, like, a, yeah. a time clock to, to extend your time. Um, that was fun. The, the volleyball... I, I think is is a blast. I really enjoy the volleyball and the basketball as well. Did you play um, the mask mode? I I remember it had a, a name for it, but like the mask mode was awesome because you play it and then a mask. You, it's like one on one, and a mask shows up in the middle of the arena, and whoever gets it gets four extra arms and like oh, just no. starts destroying each other. And like every time, like <laughs> London, my daughter would like knock it off me and then grab it and like <laughs> murking me and it was so funny and apparently that's something about the end boss fight now too or something in um, grand prix mode um you um like the end boss max brass or dr coil whoever it ends up being is gets like four extra arms apparently or something so i think that's the mask that they get in the end is what you, you get to play as in that mode and that mode Maybe wasn't available high enough difficulty oh. to get that possibly maybe um yeah i don't know about that but because i didn't play any grand primo this time i just played online with my daughter because i figured that would be like super fun <laughs> now did you play with the joy cons did you play with the pro controller pro controller for sure um so. and my daughter played with the joy cons but in the um the dock the not the dock the little pro controller oh, the little like the dog thing yeah the, the joy con holder and we have a rechargeable one that i got um because with when we were playing our ring fit like i would constantly lose charge and i don't want to put it on the system so i they were on sale so i i have the charging version now okay so see i originally like during the test punch and, and when the game first came out i played with the joy cons and i was you know standing up and i was punching and it controlled really well for me I, I had a lot of fun doing it but this time i did do the pro controller and i you know it's one of those things where it worked it worked really well with the pro controller and i was still able to figure out how to move and how to make my my punches you know turn and everything like that and i'll say this I had a lot of fun going back and playing this game. I had more fun than I thought I would. Like it is, it is mm-hmm. just a good time. And I think, even though it sold over two million copies, I think a lot of people have not either gone back and visited since the updates or never even got it because they got a switch maybe in year two or three and and since moved on. But it is a lot more fun than I remember, and I think it's a great game. Oh, for sure, and like it even led to like the next day, my daughter just firing up arms and playing it by herself for a while, even online versus people just trying to beat people. And it's interesting because you know she's eight, so she's starting to come into her own as a as a gamer. 
And um, the best part, though, was is that like we played arms for a while, but then it led to something we haven't done in a year, um, which was Daddy Daughter Game Night. So we jumped into our old Minecraft save, and we had a whole town we were building. So we we like started working on our town, and we 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 dug into that for like four or five hours on <laughs> and on the big TV with split screen and everything playing together. It was awesome. That is awesome. Yeah, and like my daughter was so excited. She's like, Man, I, I really loved playing video games with you, Daddy. I'm like, This is why the Switch is great. <laughs> this is why the <laughs> Switch is great. And you know, it just us playing arms together for the playcast is what brought that about. And I'm like, Man, we gotta play more more um cooperative games together. Yeah, and then now that she's a little older, maybe she'll start playing some of the more advanced games too, and we can maybe. Cause I would really love, even on the playcast, to even dig back into like New Super Mario U, um, and all of those. Right, is it what New Super Mario U Deluxe? I think is what it is. The Switch version. Yeah, yeah, I would love to dig into that because I really didn't play much of it when it came out, just because of the, the um when it was released i was playing something else and i'm it's like literally my problem with the switch is that we get so much awesome stuff but we're there's so much else that we're playing that we constantly put things into the backlog and it's like even if we try to play one game a week it's like we're getting more than one game a week usually in and it's it's becoming a deficit man well this is this is definitely a, a more quiet time of the year thankfully it's a little bit of a, i mean last year especially was was very heavy and this this is starting off a little more quiet mm-hmm. uh we've had one one big release uh when in january which i'm in the middle of playing through now and i'm, I'm closing in on the end and I'm, I'm having a blast with that which is tokyo mirage sessions nice and then uh i think next month we've got pokemon mystery dungeon and animal crossing and doom eternal uh, so next month is is already a big month for Nintendo gamers oh, and non. One hundred percent getting Doom, um, and I probably will see my daughter wanting to get Animal Crossing. I don't see why she wouldn't want to get that. No, we'll be definitely getting Animal Crossing. Mm-hmm. I'm, I, I don't do first person shooters, so I'll be oh, getting I Doom do. just for the collection. But Doom is in my like the original is in my top games. For sure, like I love that port of Doom on Switch. Like having it portably is amazing. Um, so, yeah, that's like. And, and that being said, though, like Arms, while it's not like in my top tier, is fun enough. I think that it's a, it's a unique thing. I'm glad that Nintendo tried a new franchise with it. Um, because you know, like everybody says, oh, Nintendo just does Mario and Zelda, and you know the tried and true franchises but it's like they did arms they you know splatoon last generation with the wii wii u was a new ip um so they they try new ips there's also other ips out there that nobody talks about so like they do new ips it's just um sometimes they catch on sometimes it's a fire and forget because there's so many awesome games and like arms was a big thing like the test punch and they did like a bunch of online you know, different types of online competitions for the for a little bit. And well, arms arms was came out at a good time because outside of like Breath of the Wild and Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, um, there really wasn't any other big Nintendo titles. So it was BS oh, as well. Switch BS what? as well. BS before Smash. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, well before Smash. Mm-hmm. But but uh, you know, one two Switch was out there, but that wasn't a big title. So mm-hmm. when arms hit, people were hungry for a new Nintendo title. 
And I think it because it, it I think it landed a month before Splatoon two, and I feel like when Splatoon two came out, people forgot about Arms. And yeah, you're but you're right with that for sure. And I think that's a sad thing, but I I think the cautionary tale is the Switch has so many great games now, mm-hmm. and there's so many great ones coming out. But sometimes it's nice to go back, especially if you picked up a Switch in 2018 or 2019, or even you just got one now in 2020, and, and you're looking at the back catalog of games. I mean, obviously, you always have like Breath of the Wild and Mario Odyssey and Xenoblade 2, the ones that everyone's going to say, get this, these games are great, and they absolutely are. But there's some extra hidden gems, and I do really consider ARMS more of a hidden gem because it is not a well-known Nintendo IP and it's it does still hold up. It's still a lot of fun. And even if you don't like motion controls, you don't want to use the Joy Cons, you can perfectly play this comfortably with a pro controller and and have a blast. Mm-hmm. For sure. Um, do we want to get into the um, the JP uh, <laughs> poll that he sent us? Um, he didn't send us a poll. He sent us the. Um, the responses. Oh, the responses. Yeah, because so to put things into perspective for the listeners, last week when he was playing Horizon Chase Turbo, he didn't even mention he was doing it for the Playcast, so we kind of gave him crap for it. This <laughs> week, he actually tagged us and said he was playing for the Playcast, and a lot of people yes. responded. Um, do you have that up? Or I, have I do. Up. I have it up, yeah. Um, so we're, we're going to go over some highlights. Um, first of all, JP and his ever-loving you know, wisdom posts a picture of a no longer in print instruction book that a, a community member made, which is um at nosy n o s e y underscore tengu. Um, so anybody who might be interested in that manual, though, hit him up on Twitter. Um, and make sure you let him know because if he gets enough demand, he'll do another print run. Um, Barry and I both have been talking to him. Um, I'm not sure what Barry talked to him about. Probably like, hey man, I want I want some manuals, dude. Um, that's what I did. Um, I'm not he, greedy. I just wanted one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I, when I say manuals, I mean let's do some other games that are missing manuals. Like, and the thing is, it looks cool. I'm not sure about the quality of the paper, but JP's holding it with his deformed thumb, and it looks pretty. <laughs> No, but it's very colorful. It, it looks well done. Like, he did all the character profiles is the picture that JP showed. Um, so definitely hit up at nosy ten, underscore Tengu um, to, see, to show interest in that. Um, so let's see here. We have Aaron, which is Jinx, and like the little swiggly thing Z. Um, called the Tilda. Tilda. Oh, there we go. Um... T-B-H-I-D-K. Because of the flooding of games coming from the mail. I may relax with VN or jump into something full action like Dusk Divers. So basically he asked people, um, I'm going to be revisiting ARMS. Is anybody actually going to play ARMS? Or what are you playing? Um, Some people are playing Darksiders, Ultimate Alliance that they're finishing. I said, are the manuals still available? Um, Let's see now. So we have... Who is this one? I gotta, I gotta see. It's Giorgio level twenty nine. Um, I can't see the at on here. Um, but he said arms looks very fun, and I like that instruction manual too. That should be in every game. Sounds like you have a fun weekend ahead. I'll be finishing up Dragon Ball Z Kakarot and playing Onikin Oldeos. So, um, yeah, it's the thing. Um, we have Twitchy Poo um, <laughs> said arms. <laughs> Um, let's see here. We have 
uh, Joran DeGraff uh, said, I wish they did more of this new franchise. You never hear anybody talking about ARMS anymore, not even Nintendo, frowny face. Um, yeah, 100%. Um, JB, which is at no longer gone, uh, says, ARMS is so awesome, kid and I got hooked on it. Um, yeah, so I absolutely play with my daughter, and that's amazing. Um, you had Noise222, at Noise222 said they need to start selling manuals for games that don't have it. I will buy for sure. Um, we have, let's see, it's BDG Kawaii, Kawaii Face Smiles. <laughs> Arms is so underrated. Um, let's see here. What else do we have? People playing River City Girls. Um, Yoon. Um, said arms and posted a picture of arms with like a cool keychain with a boxing glove on it and like a pin and a bunch of cool stuff um, and a poster and stuff from arms. Looks like it's from out of country too because it's like a different rating scheme. Yep. So super cool. Um, so yeah, and everybody else is playing all types of stuff. Um, JP didn't do his poll, so we don't know how many people actually played ARMS, as, as he would normally do, but that's because he said he was going to play it, but uh, do we think JP played it, Barry? I think... I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. I'm going to say JP played a little bit of ARMS, not enough that he feels comfortable talking about, <laughs> and and due to you know the situation of his day today where he probably was set to play more arms um he's not going to be able to do that that's my guess and um we're not recording on our normal recording day because it's valentine's day on our normal recording day and we're not going to get in hot water with the wives that's not happening no nope 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 (laughs) um so I mean, I, I would recommend arms especially now that you could probably get it at a discounted price um Yes. I, would, I, would I, w- I would love for them to also re-release ARMS with all the added content on the cart. Because this is one of those games that they supported for a year with free DLC. Um, free modes, the badges, the characters, the you know, all that is free. Um, so if you do buy the game, you pop it in, you're going to have a download. Um, you're going to get all this great, cool, additional content. More bang for your buck. But I would love for them to re-release kind of like the player's choice or nintendo selects and and just make it arms with all that on the card that would be amazing absolutely and the thing is is for you know from a preservationist standpoint i would love to see that um whether nintendo does it or not i mean i think with the the way everybody kind of moved on with social media from arms it still was one of the best selling games because of when it came out so I don't think that there was a lack of support for the game. It's just that it seems like, like you said, Nintendo moved on with Splatoon, um, that later Smash and everything else. So, I mean, they're just not... I don't think they're going back to it. That's just my opinion. Um, I do see them releasing it as a player's choice or Nintendo Select or something like that down the road. If, yeah. they, if they decide to do um, that with the system, um, they did it with the 3DS, and they did it with the Wii U. Mm. Um, so I don't see why they would stop it with the Switch. You know um, what I would old- like instead of a player's choice or a million seller is maybe a they call it something like definitive edition or something where yes. you know they put all the DLC on it. Like I'm not sure, and this is something that would be interesting to know. Um, like, did they put any DLC or anything on the Mario Odyssey or Breath of the Wild re-releases nope. or Splatoon re-releases? Nope. They did not. So they didn't put anything new on those. It's the exact same, just it. with uh, just with a book and an outer box. 
So, so that's like kind of what they did with that, and they didn't even put all the DLC on it. Because I mean, I would love to have a, a full, complete Breath of the Wild, but I mean, they're working on Breath of the Wild too, so I doubt we're going to see that. Well, see, um, that's the the whole reason they used to do the million sellers or players' choice or uh, you know Nintendo Selects is when when a game has stopped selling. Um, they could re-release it, new shiny box, twenty buck price tag, and kind of rejuvenate the game. So Breath of the Wild, Mario Odyssey, stuff like that—they're still selling. Yep. Um, but things like Arms, Pokémon Tournament, you know, Splatoon Two is probably still selling. You know, it would be nice if they did that down the road just to garner interest. And again, like Splatoon Two with the Octopath expansion on there, you know, mm-hmm. Pokémon Tournament with the two DLC character packs on there. Like like you said, Definitive Edition, Player's Choice, Definitive Edition, Nintendo Selects. I think those would sell like crazy, especially at a twenty dollar price tag. That would help move. And if they, you know, the Switch Pro, um, which now is rumored not to come out this year, but my, that was my one of my predictions. But I think when that comes, that's going to be when they do it hey on top of that you can play the all these great switch games now you can get them even cheaper at 20 bucks with all that content um because i i can't imagine they're making a lot of money off of the splatoon 2 dlc uh the expansion or the pokin tournament dlc anymore so this way they could at least if they rebrand it 20 bucks with that stuff and someone already bought the game, there's a chance they'll buy it again. And if someone never bought it, now it's going to be a little more appealing to them. Like, oh, it has all this DLC. And you could put, like, with, you know, 30 bucks worth of DLC. Like, it's it's suddenly more appealing to the average consumer. So I think you can, you can get a, a second win, so to speak, with some of these games. And I think ARMS is one of them. Yeah. Um, by the way, while you were saying that, I thought of something because we, we were talking about, like, Splatoon, I was thinking Wii U. A Wonderful 101 is still on Kickstarter. It's at $1.6 million right now. <coughs> yes, it is. I, oh, I my know, goodness. I want to know who actually owns that IP now. I want to know, did Platinum buy the IP from Nintendo, or do they still co-own it, and Nintendo just gave them their blessing because they're friends? I want to mm. know that answer, and there, no, one, no one knows the answer. It's a good question fact. because I is Platinum the one that's, that are doing Bayonetta 3? Yes. Yeah. So Platinum, it but could, Nintendo and Sega both co-own that IP. Yeah, and it could be a good faith letting them do that while they're working on finishing up Bayonetta three or whatever. Um, it could just be that. Maybe I. I'm not sure, but um, I mean, obviously they're going to be releasing it, and it's licensed through Nintendo. So, <laughs> like, I Which, mean, huh? Well, so which is weird because you know it is going to the PS4, <laughs> and and mm-hmm. that would be the first Nintendo licensed type game to go to the PS4 to another non-Nintendo system outside of phones. Now, Game Freak has made a couple games like uh, Gigawalker is go, you know was so, on the PS4. So it's not going to be like you know published by Nintendo, but I mean Nintendo's no. going to license it for the Switch. Like there, there's plenty of games on the PS4 that are also on the Switch, and it's just yeah, yeah. Yeah. But no, but but if Nintendo still co-owns the IP and they did this oh, as a yeah. as a favor, is what I'm saying. Like, yeah, you know, like you said, the like good hope. faith. We we have a really good re- relationship because because Bayonetta one um, didn't actually have a Japanese track, and when they brought mm-hmm. it to the Wii U, um, Nintendo paid to translate it to Japan or to Japanese. And when they decided to release Bayonetta on Steam on the PC, um, they wanted 
to have it in Japanese as well as an option. And Nintendo gave them the rights. They said, yeah, you can use our Japanese translation as a blessing, like, because we're friends. Like, yeah, you can use it. So they have a very good relationship. So I'm wondering if this is one of those, like, you keep making things for us. Wonderful 101 didn't sell as well. Um, so go ahead. You know, if it goes on other systems, you know, maybe if they do a wonderful 101, one two uh it'll be switch exclusive or, or whatever but i don't see like some people saying oh bayonetta and astro chain are now going to go over i don't see that happening because both of those titles sold really well and in bayonetta's case nintendo actually funded it um uh, mm-hmm. yes, yes, so i don't see that ever happening and I, I don't think platinum would ever ask for that because that would just be an insult and again they are very friendly um I, i'm still shocked that nintendo hasn't bought them yet but <laughs> but they're very friendly yeah, I mean, and I think it's really good that they're, you know, doing it the crowdfunding way so they can branch out on their own a little bit, um, earn a little bit of money. Um, before I get sidetracked, I got a question for you, Barry, about yes. do we want to do what JP recommends for the game of the week or do we want to make him wait until he's actually on the episode again to, to do his game choice? No, no, you know, I, I think we should do um, the game that he suggested, and I'm fairly certain there was an ulterior motive to his suggestion. Mm-hmm. But absolutely, you know, <laughs> just because he's not here, and, and JP, you're listening. You see, I'm back. Got you're you're in the corner. You know, we, we can absolutely do his suggestion. Um, <laughs> so I'm, I'm fine with. So JP, um, let's see, what is the game that he recommended? Now I gotta look. <laughs> a Town of Light. Town of Light. A Town of Light, which is basically an adventure game um, that was released back in 2016. Um, that is now physically going to be released in April. On the uh, or oh no, it's really correction, recent. the physical release. Uh, for the Switch was canceled in 2019. Oh, was it canceled? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so it looks like a, there's a version for the Switch um, released on February 7th. So it was just like released last week by Wired Productions. So I think that... I, I swear that there's a, a physical copy out there. I could be wrong. I, um, I think PS4 has, has a physical. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think Wired Productions is doing a one because, I mean, there's an Amazon link at least, but then it says, oh, something went wrong when you click on it. So I don't, maybe that was the canceled one, but they were doing a deluxe edition physical copy by Wired. Um, so I'm not sure. I mean, maybe it's out in Europe. Europe. Yeah, PS4 JP, definitely. JP will be scolding us. That's okay. Yeah, yeah. Physical is is scrapped for Switch, unfortunately. Because I'm on the Wired Productions website, and basically, yeah, they don't have a whole lot based on that. So looks like it was scrapped, unfortunately. Um, however, we will be playing a digital version, um, and I know JP does have a good relationship with Wired Productions, so. We will be playing that for the next week, and we will be talking about that sucker. You know what's funny is they have their new Wired limited versions. They did Vostok as their first game. I wonder, is Town of Light going to go to that now instead of going through retailers? We're just going to do it. The, the, the retail version was canceled, but we're going to do it ourselves um, through our own 
publication because it's not like the game can't run. Like some games are canceled. It's like we can't get it running on the Switch. Clearly, it's running on the Switch because they release it digitally. Yep. I mean, honestly, they might make more money doing that. Yeah. So like, that might be a case. Not a bad. So idea. This will be. A- this will be a digital title we will be playing, and uh, we are, we will be playing codes provided by Wired. I yep. believe they're I believe Wired is providing the codes. So yeah, and it's a, it's an adventure game, so it'll be interesting because the last couple digital only adventure games that JP's recommended, um, <laughs> and this is before Barry was yeah. was on, but they've they've been pretty pretty bad um well, oh God, what, what am i getting into well back in 1995 was was pretty bad the other one state of mind was pretty fun though um that one was really fun that was a digit that was a i played the physical copy though that one um that one was pretty fun but jp had a a classic where like i like i would pick something i've been wanting to play and then jp would like look like he threw a dartboard against a, every game on the switch and be like we're gonna play this game and it's like it's either good or bad and yeah, you shoot down my suggestions that are guaranteed good games. God. Yeah. Well, <laughs> he's still picking games that I owned or code provided. Um, so that does help. Um, so I did see an announcement of the um, the Switch Online games that they're yes. releasing. Um, and there's two Super Nintendo, two Nintendo. I've seen a lot of people online complaining. Um, however, comma... Uh, the two games on the NES are interesting, and the two games on Super Nintendo are are pretty interesting as well. Um, they also never came to America. The two Super Nintendo ones, exactly. So, Popping Twin B, um, I owned a Super Famicom version of, but it's an awesome little cute 'em up um, that's worth playing. And so, like most U.S. gamers who didn't import, this might be their first opportunity to play it. Smash Tennis was a, a UK a PAL PAL exclusive uh, tennis game. It's probably one of the best tennis games on the Super Nintendo, maybe of the 16-bit generation. Um, it's just a really well-made game. Um, Shadow of the Ninja is one of my like favorite games to rent as a kid for the NES. So that's a solid game. However, it is pretty easy. Um, you should be able to go through it like with one playthrough, especially if you play two player, because you play two player cooperatively on it. Um, but like you get, you get, um, it's like Ninja Gaiden, but easier. The bosses you can literally brute force and kill them, and there's like even a grapple hook that goes almost across like half the screen, which is like hilarious. <laughs> and it's just, it's a really fun game though to play through. Um, and then a Eliminator Boat Duel, and why I thought that was interesting is number one, that's like um. It's almost like an isometric, almost racing, but it's boat duels. So you're fighting and killing things, and then they have different modes. But why it's interesting is the game is owned by Pico Interactive. Hmm. And Pico Interactive does, you know, multiple, buys up lots of licenses, but, um, you know, also releases reproductions or of games he owns for retro systems. Um, when I went to, I went to Pico Interactive, he, um, owns a store called Gamela, Gamela, Game LA or Gamela, um, but Gamela in San Antonio, and I was there with, um, 8-Bit Eric and OK Chief for his store opening, and he mentioned that Nintendo is going to license a few games from him for the, on the Switch online, and I, I thought he was bullshitting me, honestly. Like, I was like, oh yeah, sure they are, you know what I mean? But... Like, it says 
on the web Nintendo's website or uh, no on the video the uh, the trailer it says the credits it says Pico Interactive. There you <laughs> go. I was like, "Oh, man, he's getting up there," which also means we might see some of his games get Switch releases in the future, which would be awesome. Yeah. See, I think the reason people were so upset because I did see a lot of people negative is because we waited I think what December was the last time we got games, so it's been two months, two months since we've got two new games. And while these are some great games, obviously some we never even saw, there's no big attention draw for the the mass market. No. And there's so many titles still from Nintendo's own catalog um, that isn't there. Like you don't have any Donkey Kong Country. So I think if they added like a Donkey Kong Country uh, in the Super Nintendo. And you know maybe maybe like a, a good RPG or something like that you know um, something from Square maybe you know Chrono Trigger or something like boom like people people would just be a little more excited but when you're because remember they used to give us a couple games every month now when you're waiting two months and you're getting well good games nothing super exciting nothing that says oh my god I gotta rush home and play it for the most people for the majority of people I'm sure there are people that would be like oh my god that tennis game looks amazing I absolutely have to play it Um, and that's fine (laughs) Um, but I think they need they need one real heavy hitter each of these patches at least one um, because that's that's what you do that's that's how you do it you have to have that one big draw um, to pull yeah it seems like with this group they went a little obscure um, which, as a you know, a retro gamer, I appreciate. However, at mass market, like they're yeah. not going to get any attention on exactly. this. Exactly, it's mass market, and that's that's really where you want you want people talking, and you want people talking positively. Now, granted, let's say they added Donkey Kong Country into this, so it's five games now. You know, there'll still be people who say, "Oh man, only Donkey Kong Country." I want a Super Nintendo RPG, or I want you know something that's from NES or whatever. I want in sixty-four games already. You're always going to get those people. You can't please everybody, but you'll at least have that as your marquee. Hey, Donkey Kong Country joins the NES, SNES, you know, online along with four other games. It's like, oh wow, okay, now you got me interested. And that's a headline I'm going to click on. So I don't know. I just I just feel from a marketing perspective. Well, I'm happy because, like you, I'm a, I'm a love niche games. It's just one of those where I feel they missed the mark for the mass market appeal. Yeah, and I mean, in all honesty, like I'm still not playing Switch Online much at all because I'd prefer to play on either an FPGA in HD or on the original co- console on a CRT. So I'm still like to the point where I'm not really playing it online yet, unless like we're gonna play like online together, like in a co-op game. So I like it. I've I've messed around with some of the titles, but it's just one of those where is it? It's not. There's there hasn't been a title that's other than Demon's Crest when that thing first came out um, that made me like, oh my god, I got to boot this up and got to play. Mm-hmm. And and what's funny is I just did the three trails of Cold Steel games. I think it was combined like 250 hours um, for the three of them. Like they're big games and they're, they're great fun. Um, and normally after an RPG, especially three, I'm like, I need something smaller to, to jump into. Like, and that's, that's usually what I look at the NES or the SNES online, just something quick, something like a, like a power cleanser, so to speak. And, and I used horizon chase turbo last week as, as that. And I, you know, arms, uh, as that instead. And I'm right now I'm, Tokyo Mirage Sessions, another RPG. So they they didn't have enough to pull me out of that, which which is sad. You know, I, I think they could have done better, and I, I hope they do. I hope they really 
I hope they they're saving something up, something big for E3 because, you know, I was talking to a friend of mine, and it seems he and I have the ability. We share the same dream, um, and and you might share this dream too, and other people might share this dream too, that there is such a thing as Nintendo Directs, and we seem to have shared the same dream about five months ago, <laughs> and and we're like, what? Well, how can we share this dream? Like these aren't these aren't a thing. Nintendo Directs don't exist. What are you talking about? Um, so so maybe they're saving up for one of these possible nintendo directs as rumored for two in in the month of february and we're pretty much half over next tomorrow is is the normal halfway point but since it's a leap year uh, i guess we're gonna go two days saturday will be the halfway point through the the month and we haven't heard anything (laughs) well and the interesting thing is is with nintendo they're usually not this quiet so they gotta be brewing up something I'm not saying there's Switch Pro confirmed. I'm not saying, you know, next AAA title confirmed. I'm saying they're coming up with something. I hope it's not like a gamble, like um, Joy, like Toy Cons and stuff. Like the, yeah. I hope Labo. it's not. I hope it's not Labo like type thing where they're trying to go out of left field. Or even I hope it's. I even hope it's not like a Ring Fit. Even though Ring Fit was pretty damn awesome, like it's still like I want to see something expected but not expected maybe like a update on metroid prime 4 or like a bayonetta 3 update or like something that we knows out there that we don't have yet or congratulations jeff you have fallen into the same trap Mm -hmm. that so many other people have fallen into Mm -hmm. you come up with this they're quiet so therefore they have to be doing something big and then when they put out a nintendo direct eventually and it doesn't meet these lofty expectations people (laughs) get upset and cry and whine and and because it because exactly they've been quiet for five months they have to be doing something and and we've we've had some stuff we had there was a pokemon presentation there was a smash presentation Mm -hmm. um smaller smaller things but you know people are expecting if you're going to be quiet for this long you've you've got to have something amazing to show us especially uh, with the momentum that the switch has comparatively to the wii u in the past and you know what? Maybe they don't have anything. Maybe and maybe not. that's why they're so quiet is because they know if they do a Nintendo Direct, uh, you know, they, they could have they could have put that Pokemon expansion news in a Direct. They could have put the Pokemon Mystery Dungeon announcement in a Direct. They could have put these Nintendo uh, SNES and NES games in a Direct. They could have done an announcement, you know, announcement trailer for for uh, the last Smash pack and the new all in a direct they could have put that all in a direct they might not have anything and they know they're just going to disappoint people so instead they're just going to keep quiet and (laughs) and let people build up hype to maybe e3 who knows the interesting thing to me is that they don't do more of the indie showcases like they should almost be doing that every month because there's so much coming out on the eShop. that the last um, one we had was december of that exactly and you would think because stuff has come out on the eShop. Um, Because it's been quiet on the physical front, like, as a general thing. We've had some games, but it's been pretty quiet. But, like, there's enough on the eShop to merit an indie every once in a while. Like, at least once a month. Like, they could do that to keep hype up. and They could. Well, even the Game Awards, people were hyped. Oh, we're going to get this, we're going to get this. And we got Bravely Default 2. And and some Marvel Ultimate Alliance expansion or something like that. Like, we got very, very little... Um, people, info from that. People just want their uh, their their Switch announcements. They they love it. They do. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Maybe you know what? Here here's a kicker. You know, we 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 have this joke over at Nintendo Fuse that every time we do a podcast, 
Um, there's usually some kind of direct and and two podcasts ago was right before the the smash direct and the pokemon direct and then the last podcast was delayed that we had and the the last one we actually had to cancel because of one of the people was not available so we haven't done one proper in a a little bit we have one coming up next week so maybe maybe they've just been holding out for us maybe we're we're actually the cause and next week there'll be a direct you could be we absolutely could be (laughs) and you can go ahead and yell at yell go to nintendo fuse and yell at steve and tell him it's all his fault exactly that that's where the nintendo directs are watch watch one gets announced next week and i've called it here i will (laughs) say that that is where the switch mania playcast you know the show must go on like we (laughs) jpa in here it's like okay well we're we're still gonna put out a an episode is because people wanna wanna listen to us blabber on about the switch it's good People um, come to expect it. We do this service for other people. And last week we did promise that we would talk about what games we got in. Um, yes. So I have three that I didn't talk about, and that's it. That's how small it's been. Um, and I got a couple in that's a couple weeks five. ago. So I got in Romancing Saga three, um, imported um, from Play Asia was the website that I got it from, and you know that's a big massive RPG. I definitely have been meaning to play it for a while now. Um, so it is great that I got it, but it's in the backlog, of course, because mm-hmm. of course it is. Um, I also got the Metroidvania style game from Limited Run, which was Blasphemous. Um, it, maybe it's the Dark Souls of Metroidvanias. Maybe. <laughs> Dark Soul-like tendencies. Um, I love that people hate that, <laughs> like, Metroidvania Dark Souls-like. <laughs> like, people hate, like, all the, the different terminology with the nowadays, um... With net, with games nowadays, but basically it looks like um, a cool horror aesthetic um, and a focus on some pretty massive boss fights. So I think it'll be pretty cool to play. Uh, again, it reminds me a lot of like gonna be t- putting in a time sink like Hollow Knight or Bloodstained. So definitely a cool one. And then what I got in this week was. Octahedron from Super Rare Games. It's their 26th release. Um, I'm few and far between when I when I buy games, but um, is like with Super Rare, sometimes they do because they do all types of genres. So if it's not like a certain genre, but this one's like super neon, awesome looking. Like this game just looks super crazy and trippy. Um, so those were the three that I got in. Um, I assume that you got those in. Uh, yeah, I got Wide well, Romancing Saga um, last time. I got that in. Yeah. But I did get my uh, super rare three pack uh, with the Gardens Between Smoke and Sacrifice and Octahedron uh, because I do the three packs. I have, you know, get them every three months. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was cool to finally get those. I know so many people had Gardens Between and Smoke and Sacrifice. And it's like, I just got to wait. I got to wait because it's, it's how I choose to do it. Um, so I was finally able to put those on my wall. Um, I got the Psycho Shooting Stars Alpha came in, the, uh, the American version of that. Mm-hmm. I got Code Release Guardians of Rebirth. Okay. Uh, Monster Jam Steel Titans. <laughs> the Best Buy version of Wander Song, Best Buy cover, and AO Tennis 2 oh. uh, were my Switch uh, pickups. And then tomorrow, I believe, is Darksiders Genesis, which is probably my next game after Tokyo Mirage Sessions. So, interestingly, I've seen people, at least from the. Because I didn't watch any of the reviews, but it looks like people aren't liking it, which is interesting. Because I don't usually agree with people when they when they do that. Like, people say they don't like a movie, I go watch it, it's pretty good. Like, so, I 
Darksiders Genesis looks like a really cool, um, like not not real beat 'em up, but more like a action Diablo style, Diablo style action game, like almost like a twin stick shooter style kind of yeah. like. I mean, I I didn't, but I also didn't mind <clears throat> Contra Rogue Core. Like I wasn't expecting Contra, so going into it, my expectations were super low, and it's it's not bad in short play sessions. Um, I'm hoping that Darksiders Genesis is is great to play, and we don't want to put it down. Um, does it have an online mode, Barry? I do not know. If it but I'm a- does, we should play online and get <laughs> some listeners in. Well, I'm a big fan of the Darksiders series. I love 1, 2, and 3. Mm-hmm. And while I wait for 4, while I wait for a final conclusion after the first game, because we still have yet to get that, um, <laughs> I'm... I'm looking forward to this. Even if it's not the greatest, at least it'll be that. That will be my palate cleanser game <laughs> after all these RPGs. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but I am looking forward to at least yeah. giving it a shot. I never played, played two Space or three actually oh, of Darksiders. Man. I have two on the Switch. Um, I didn't buy one on the Switch, but I had it on like PS3. <clears throat> so I've had. Did it. you beat one? Um, I don't think so. Like oh. I, I'm like one of those guys that picks up games, plays it for a couple hours, and then I got stuff to do because I'm in creation mode. One ends on such a high note, and it's like, oh my god, I can't wait to see what happens now. Shit is going down. And then two is announced, and two takes place at the same time as one. It's just death while war is doing his own thing gotcha. and then three is announced and we're like and two ends spoiler two ends the same place as one it's just it's death's perspective and so it's like all right cool now we're getting three and we're gonna see fury and we're gonna we're gonna go on no fury is actually and dark side of three is actually a prequel so <laughs> the stuff that happens dark side of three actually happens before dark side is one so i'm not sure where genesis takes place but it's like ugh, i just want a freaking sequel already to the first one i want to know where the story goes yeah, and they still gotta have the the fourth, the strife. Fourth well, this is the first time where we get to play strife. Um, he's he is in three, but you don't play as him. So it's yeah. we finally get to play as war. I think it's war and strife you get to play as in Genesis. Be interesting to see if they still with Dark Siders four do a strife only campaign, or if they just decide now that you can play as him, that's good enough. And they they might. You know what? I would be fine with that because the idea was they were gonna do one game for each, and then five was gonna be. Here's the continuation from one with all of them together. You play through as all of them. Um, so who knows? Maybe this is their compensation. I don't know. Or this was just a game they were developing that had nothing to do with Darksiders. And it's a Star Fox Adventures situation where they said, you know what? This is really cool. Let's throw Darksiders characters in here because we own the IP. People will buy it that way. Pretty sure <laughs> that's it. But um, I hope I'm wrong because <laughs> I just I enjoy those type of games. Like I mean, I haven't even really put a lot of time into Diablo Three on the Switch yet, and I I, I need oh. to, I need to because it's so fun. Every time it's I play so, it, it's it's so good. Switch is the best version of that too. Yeah, like because you don't need to be online. No, and it's it's so good. Like there's so, that's the thing. That's my issue with the Switch is that's so good. And there's so many games, but no time Barry, no time Jeff. Like <laughs> we just don't have a whole lot of time and. <clears throat> You know, That's I'm, one of those games I made time to play through and beat on the Switch. Yeah, I, and the extras. And, and in all reality, like I've proven this throughout the years I've done podcasting, is when a game consumes me, even like Hollow Knight, I will sit there and play it. Like it, it will, 
you know, distract me digitally to the point where I will be playing that um, with my free time. <laughs> like, because, you know, there's also TV shows and movies and other stuff that I do that I'll, like, watch or listen to music, listen to vinyl. Like, instead of doing any of that, I'll be playing video games. Um, I've been watching a, a crazy TV show right now, which has been amazing. So, Lock and Key on Netflix, and it's awesome. But, nice. yeah, I... But I'm almost done with the first season of that. But then it's like, if JP's game pulls me in, that's gonna be my my next thing. Um, See, we were we were talking. I think it was last last podcast or maybe before. We were talking about different game suggestions. I think it was two before. And one of the ones I suggested was Steins Gate Elite, um, because it's a really awesome visual novel, and it got me like wanting to revisit it. So we actually, my wife and I, just rewatched all Steins Gate the anime. And Zero, nice. uh, and the movie like we did it all like binge watched it, and it's it's such a good story. And even though like the anime is like like if you want to know the story, like the anime is the fastest way to do it, but it yeah. skips so many plot points because so people don't consider it canon. But hmm. yeah, it is an awesome awesome story. <laughs> like that is that is one I definitely suggest for the for the playcast, um, yeah. especially considering there's not much playing to it. It's pretty much just hitting X. It's like watching an anime um, <laughs> for the most part. I mean, I like to play games when I'm playing games too. That's my other thing. But um, here's the thing: is once it's two out of three agreed on, like we'll we'll be playing it um, for sure. And this was a one out of three for JP. Is he just yeah? JP made us. He's just like, here's what we're doing, and we're like, oh yes, master. We're like, oh, okay. <laughs> That's why I said, Barry, do you the want word, to be devious and just like the word, the word of JP <laughs> is spoken. JP. I have spoken. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, lordy. You will oh. appease the JP. Maybe he'll show up next time. You will appease the JP. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, because No Time Barry's hungry, um, we're going to wrap things up here a little bit. Um, however, um, as the Switch Collector is done, um, I've still... I'm you know doing my artist thing, too, where I've been inking covers for the Virtual Boy book. Um, ironically, I didn't limit those and it's why I limit, I'm going to limit the wooden covers going forward because they take me about four hours a piece, not like two or three. Um, I got a bunch stained though last weekend and they look amazing. Um, but I am working on re-releasing the complete NES and black box challenge on the NES, the game release, the homebrew game simultaneously. I'm going to release both just like I did with my original Kickstarter. I had both in the same one. I'm going to do the same thing again um, because people have been requesting it. A lot of people. And like Barry was saying at the beginning where he doesn't like people um, reproducing or overpaying for something for like $100. um, I found out last year that people were buying uh, copies of my version of Black Box Challenge for hundreds of dollars. I'm like, no, I need to just re-release it. Like, legit copies. And so that's what I'm going to do. Um, with different art, of course. Like, Or at least it's not going to be the limited edition. It'll be just like the regular edition. Um, but definitely going to be doing that going forward. And I'm working on a complete Genesis book. So I'm um, working with a lot of YouTubers and stuff. So that's where my focus will be for a while. However, comma, um, Switch Collector Volume 2 is, is coming as well. That's just... I have a, 
a schedule that I do when I when I work on publishing books, and so that's where my creative juices will be flowing. And like uh, Barry says, for like a palate cleanser, um, it's gonna be the same thing where I need a palate cleanser from doing the Switch Collector book because those are some intensive, and you're gonna see when you when everybody gets their copies of the book, like there are some awesome intensive like articles more so than when I do a complete Genesis book. It's a paragraph a game. Um, there's articles on every game for the Switch Collector. So we're we're going Switchopedia, like we said. Like, it's, it's legit. <laughs> um, and I want to keep that going, but in order to avoid burnout and, and every medium, podcasting, YouTube, anything, you can get burnout. In order to avoid that, I jump around with different types of book series um so i mean it might be the fall by the time we start actually starting to template switch collector volume two however i mean all we have is time and we're not trying to catch up to the switch where it's currently at we're just (laughs) trying to document it and do it right you'll never never do that no and and the thing is, is it's good, volume two is going to be, or year two is going to be multiple volumes, just because of the propensity of games. And year three is going to be even more, and year four is mm-hmm. it's growing exponentially. Mm-hmm. Like, well, like even like looking at twenty twenty, which is still part of year three at this point. We're still in year it's, three. It's, it's still like it's just slowing down because right now it's it's January February. You know, it's it's a slower time for video games, but come March. April, May, and especially going into the summer and the latter half of the year, it's going to be very back heavy <laughs> as well, usual. And like it's definitely due to the way that the United States economy works because March, April is around when tax returns come in. So yep. in, releasing games in January, February is always hard to do because a lot of people are waiting till tax time to for expenditures. And that, I'm not talking about collectors. I'm talking about just general populace at that point. Um, collectors, they're, you guys are all crazy. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but but that, that being said, though, um, it's why you're not going to see a lot of giant releases right now. Whereas, like you were saying, March, April, we're going to see it, it ramp up. And I mean, I'm looking forward to, to Doom Eternal. I'm looking forward to... Animal Crossing, and maybe I'll actually understand it this time. Um, <laughs> um, there's a lot of those kind of sandbox type games that I don't get drawn into. Like I didn't even get drawn into Stardew Valley too much. And I've seen a lot of people get sucked into that. That one I didn't play, but I, I really enjoyed Fantasy Life on the 3DS. I wish they would bring that to Switch. You probably don't want to play Stardew Valley because you won't be able to stop. It's I love old school Harvest Moon. Yeah, and I mean, if my daughter got into it, I'd be screwed because that's all we'd be playing. And because that, I mean, we tried a little bit, but she wasn't quite into it at the time. I don't know what she, if she was wanting to do something else. But um, like when she got into Minecraft last year, it just went crazy, and I didn't understand Minecraft until that point. And now I'm like, oh, now I get it. We're just building you with Legos. It. We're playing with Legos. <laughs> and now I understand. Like I'm not doing survival mode. I'm not doing crafting or mining. I'm literally just creating, creating. Yeah, we're making some giant, like apartment mansion thing now. It's nice. so big that I'll probably never get it done. <laughs> but 
literally allows me to spend time with my daughter. So that's the best part. That's, best gift. Yeah, that's, that's the only part that matters. Yeah. Honestly, like, that's why it's great. And that's what she asked. What's your favorite part of Minecraft? And I just said, playing with you. And that's what she said, too. I was like, Aww. Yeah. I was like that's awesome. What um, a great feel-good note to go out on. <laughs> absolutely. Um, so that being said, let's wrap her up. Um, so, as always, you can find me at HagensAlley.com as well as at Hagen's Alley on Facebook and the Twitter <laughs> and on Instagram at Hagen's Alley Books. Uh, be on the lookout for updates on all the projects that I'm working on. Um, as always, I post them around um, as I can. So what about you, Bear? You can find me at Twitter at Hawk Hellfire and on YouTube and on Facebook at Nintendo Views. Cool. And uh, we will be playing... Uh, the I'm Town right. of Light uh, next week for the Playcast. Throughout the week for the Playcast. And we will see you next week. Have a great one. Bye.